I'm Michael Hasted, and welcome to Arts Talk Radio, which brings you interviews, news and reviews relating to all aspects of the arts in Holland, which are either in English or where language is no problem. We concentrate on events in Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam and everything in between or nearby. Radio Online. Features on the arts in English. This week we're at the Museum Reichswijk, where the Textile Biennale has just opened, and we speak to its curator. Rotterdam-based Portuguese singer-songwriter Magda Mendes is currently on tour, and we speak to her and hear a song that features in the show. But first, we meet Chloe Rook, a young English conductor who lives and works in Holland, and she's currently involved in an exciting new project at the Amare Concert Hall Complex in The Hague. Yes, so I've been working on um, a wonderful collaboration between the Residency Orchestra, um, who are accompanying the Dutch National Opera Academy in a performance production of La Finta Giardinaria, a very early Mozart opera. And is this a uh, full production, a full costume set, or just a concert performance? Full costumes, full set. Um, it's a production from a few years ago in Karlsruhe, um, so a slightly condensed version of the opera. It's a very long opera, so it's been cut down a little bit, and it's a new production. Um, but it is it is full costume, full makeup, hair, scenery, and and a pretty full orchestra too. And you're conducting. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am conducting. Does, I mean, does conducting um, um, uh, an opera differ greatly from uh, conducting a symphony or, so, or a, a chamber orchestra? I mean, in many ways, all music, and especially Mozart, is dramatic. Um, so in, in that sense, from a sort of human perspective, it, it's, it's all music and it's all emotional and it's all about drama and storytelling. But practically, there are big differences when conducting opera. Um, I say big differences, but certainly some differences. You're working with singers and big logistical elements. You've got a huge team of set and, and makeup and and techie people and stage managers. And so when I'm conducting, I'm not. I cannot only be thinking about the mu- music in any moment. I have to be always conscious and aware of what's going on on stage. And and when I'm accompanying the singers, always there's an awareness of space too. Um, the hall we're doing it. We're doing it. Um, the orchestra on the side of the stage with the, the, the stage on the other side. So we're navigating a spatial element there um, and, of course, a temporal element as, a, as well, some, some delay and navigating that aspect. So it's a bit different to the kind of spontaneous one-moment music-making you get when it's just you and an orchestra. And and you're in charge, I take it. I mean, there is a director who, uh, who directs the ice with the dramatic elements and the moves and everything. But who has, has overall say, or do you have to come to agreements on who does what and where? Ooh. I mean, it's definitely a collaboration. I think um, Anya Kunhold, who's the director, wonderful. Um, and, yeah, we've just been working together on this. It's her production that she's brought over. So... In many in many senses, it's it's following her ideas dramatically. But every time we've come come to moments, we will discuss, and I'm trying to make the musical ideas work with her feeling dramatically. And also, sometimes she's adapted the staging to my tempi or my 
perception of something. So it's been a real collaboration. Um, I mean, once you're on stage, actually, in a way, the stage manager's in, in control because um, typically in an opera house, if you if I'm in a stage orchestra rehearsal, even which is the final step before the general, um, then that is my rehearsal in a sense. It's, it's finally bringing the orchestra, the singers and the staging together. But really, the stage manager gives the cues because I'm not allowed to start unless the whole technical team are ready to... But you're setting the tempo, surely? I give the downbeat, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the story, basically, so simply? Oh, simply? Well, it's not a simple story, but, but um, very simply, um, you have these two, two lovers who, for various reasons, fell apart, which the opera sort of describes um, a sort of tragedy happens that leads them to come apart and and the the lady um, Sandrina as, as she takes on the, the, the name and character of Sandrina in disguise to hide who she was ends up in the garden of, of the Podesta of the town and the Podesta's niece is getting married um, but she is getting married to dun 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 the man who Sandrina had fallen apart from so we end up in this whole love triangle the mayor is in love with Sandrina. Sandrina's in love with the Count Belfiore. Count Belfiore is trying to marry Arminda. You've got a character, Ramiro, who also works for the Podesta, who has been in love with Arminda. Um, and finally, Sandrina comes with a, a servant, Nardo, who's also hiding out as a gardener. And he's fallen in love with Serpetta, who is the maid of Podesta, and she's in love with the mayor. So Yes, yeah, <laughs> I wish I'd been taking notes now. <laughs> and how does it compare with um, other operas? I mean, I think Mozart wrote it when he was only 18 his very first opera how does it compare with with other Mozart work is it um, up to scratch or is he still still practicing as it were it's it's one of his early ones um, yes I mean of course he'd written lots before that point um, composed lots of music before that point so it's it's fairly developed from him and certainly it's it's a sort of coming out of adolescence Mozart I'd say I mean also in the terms of this storyline it's he's really interested in love and in relationships um, musically there are some absolute gems in there um, Jamie La Tortorella is sort of the probably the most famous aria which Sandrina sings in the first act um, but I mean I have two favorite arias are probably the the second act arias of Arminda and Ramiro as they're expressing love and both of them kind of scorned scorned human beings as another another has rejected their love and they're particularly gorgeously written arias and the rest also very well crafted i wouldn't say there's a really a weak aria sometimes we see signs of mozart developing his style especially in terms of accompanied recit um these patches where we're yeah moving between the action and often the recitativo secco which is just with the forte piano accompanying and the singers are doing this the speak singing but then we have sometimes these moments of recit where the whole orchestra has these little inter interjections and and in his later operas these are really well developed he's developed his style in this and in this opera he leaves a lot to be interpreted um so that's been a nice challenge is to actually we can create something with with his text in a way with what he set on music and having to play with tempos to make things work and flow um not really a criticism it's just he was developing his style i think still okay i think that will do uh Rook, thanks very much indeed that was Chloe Rook, conductor of Mozart's La Finta Giardiniera at the Amari in The Hague. The last two performances of that are on the 1st and 2nd of July. Our 
Arts Talk magazine provides the perfect companion to Arts Talk Radio with reviews and previews in English of cultural events in Holland. Whatever your interest in the arts, our international team of writers will always provide something new and exciting to see online. That's Arts Talk magazine, all one word, dot nl. Arts Talk magazine, dot nl. Museum Reichsweig's Textile Biennale has just opened, and I went along to have a look and to meet the exhibition's curator, Diana Wind. I suggested that perhaps, on the face of it, an exhibition of textiles is maybe not very sexy. One thinks of crochet, macrame, and knitting. Very much a ladies' domestic thing. Uh, it's uh, not only women, but also many men who uh, uh, use textiles for their work. Uh, so it isn't like the 70s anymore with the macrame. Uh, it, it's, it's completely uh, is different from that period because they need these materials to tell their stories and they choose these materials um, because it's so close to uh, what they want to tell us. Because, I mean, there are, there's all sorts of things. I mean, there are sort of sculptures. I mean, it, it, now there are quite a few costumey things. But there are flat pieces. I mean, I, I saw one piece, a big, um, I don't know how big it was because we haven't seen it yet, an American scene with a guy sitting on a sofa with a rifle. And that looked like a painting. Yeah. So the limitation, there are no limitations if you're using textiles. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's also a combination. It's, it's uh, installations. Uh, it is painting on textile or with textile. It's embroidery. Um, it's um, uh, rocks and, and carpets um, where uh, originally uh, photos are used to, to make the, the prints for the rock. Um, it is all kinds of fabrics and combination of fabrics. Because sometimes it's not entirely obvious, is it? I mean, do you sometimes get work and you have to say, there's no textile here, and you have to look, <laughs> look at it with a magnifying glass to find the piece of thread? Yeah, but that's not the case here, only with maybe with uh, the installation of Gluglia. Uh, but still, there's a lot of clothing here. Um, and it is about people wearing uh, clothes, um, uh, victims of of the the war with uh, uh, between uh, the U Ukraine and and Russia uh, but also like the the big sculpture of Mary Sibande it's also about clothing the purple and the red are um, uh, a very important part the colors of this sculpture that her yeah, this is a, a, a life-size figure sitting on a plinth and it's quite sort of science fictiony really, isn't it Well, it's um, Mary Sibanda. She's from uh, South Africa, and she was eight years old when uh, the the purple riots uh, started against apartheid. And she saw on television that uh, the uh, demonstrations that all the people were uh, uh, that they had water cannons to to um, uh, dispatch them. And what she saw later was that in the water was also a purple ink you couldn't see on your skin. But the police could ah, check you right, with yes, ultraviolet light, light yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they could see that you were one of the people that were with the riots and they could arrest you hmm. weeks yeah. after. Now, looking through the list here, there's how many artists are uh, uh, exhibiting? Twenty. 
And the nationalities from all over the world. From all over the world, from Malaysia to Buenos Aires to South Africa and everywhere. And how many entries do you have originally? How many people do you have to choose from originally? Well, it's, uh, I think there were about 200, but uh, I think that about um, a third is from the open call and all the others are from my own network and uh, what I saw at uh, the biennial in, in Venice, the Documenta in Kassel, and talking to gallerists here in uh, in Holland. And I think there's um, an audience prize. The people who see the exhibition can vote for their favourite and the one who gets the most votes gets, what, a, a one-man exhibition, one-person exhibition? Yes, next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is, um, that is a way to get the public involved. And what we see is that people then um, are looking much closer to all the works and they discuss the works and they uh, compare what their preferences are. And uh, that means that the public is more involved when they're here, but also in the programme of the museum in the coming years. Mm. Because for people who don't know, this is Reichswijk, which is uh, between uh, The Hague and Delft, and it's a wonderful museum here. And and alternative years, you have the Textile Biennale and the Paper Biennale. And these are both major events for such a small town. Yes, that is true. Yeah, that is why it also um, is here for about a, a half a year. So our marketing tries to, um, uh, to reach all the, the, the inhabitants of Holland and also the countries, uh, Belgium and, and Germany, just to, to bring them over to, to look at this you know, beautiful international uh, biennial. Yeah. And it runs until when? This runs until uh, half November. Oh, OK. I think that will do. Thank you. Okay, thank you. That was Dino Wind, curator of Museum Reichswijk's Textile Biennale, and that goes on till the middle of September. We first heard Rotterdam-based Portuguese singer-songwriter Magda Mendes four or five years ago, and she's currently back on tour. She writes songs based on fado, the traditional Portuguese music. Now, while everybody is familiar with flamenco, its Spanish equivalent, if you haven't been to Portugal, maybe you're not so familiar with fado. It's a style uh, from Lisbon, born in Lisbon and performed essentially in Lisbon. In the meanwhile... uh, all over the country in Portugal, there's good fado happening. But it was born there in the small streets of Alfama and Moraria and Bairro Alto a long time ago. You, I mean, you write all your own songs? I write all my songs, yes. Yeah. Many of my songs are also not fado, traditional fados. No, no, because you sometimes work with a, with a band, don't you? Yes, with, uh, exactly. Musicians. So for the, for this project, I'm, I'm doing uh, with the guitar, with the Portuguese guitar and the viola. Viola and guitarra portuguese. And uh, with my other projects, uh, we also might sound a bit like Fado, but we make, like I said, a bit more like Portuguese chamber music for the last uh, the, the last album I brought out. Because the lineup is, is basically woodwind, isn't it? I mean, yes, in the last one, yeah. it's a percussion, a guitar, singing, and then uh, five woodwinds.
Tiro o lenço, bolso o cabelo Que a azeitona já senti-la no lagar Com este tempo que tu lá dentro Lembra-te o cheiro das esquinas no olivar be wrong because i don't understand the lyrics but i get the impression i think most people get the impression that fado is sad melancholy is that true i think it's often true <laughs> what the fado has um it, it at least for me it gives me a chance to if I, whatever is uh, an extreme emotion like extreme uh, homesickness or uh, longing for something i'm allowed to ex- totally express that in that style I sing as I said other styles and in, in, then I don't expose myself so much as in Fado Fado in Fado I feel like I'm allowed to and it's 
it's uh, great. Okay, I think that will do. Well, obrigado. And De nada. <laughs> that's the extent of my Portuguese, actually. <laughs> Okay.